Welcome to Forefront 360, where we have conversations at the intersection of excellent art and authentic faith. I'm your host, Richard Chrisman. Today we're going to talk about video games. I have with me today Cody. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm doing really well, actually, which is the proper English, which you should know this, Richard, because you are... A scholar. Yeah, yeah. This year, not teaching English though, so I get a I get a buy. Oh, this year. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, f- you're fine then. Math and science and other less interesting subjects. Oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, which which brings me to our uh, special guest today. We also have our friend Aaron with us today. Well, hello, Aaron. Hi. How how are you, man? I'm doing pretty well. We're we're <laughs> we are sharing a microphone, so we're awfully close. Um, but you know, our friendship, we're close, like. Friendship-wise, too, so this is fine. Close in I'm body, close glad, in mind. Glad to be this close with you, bro. The Forefront team and friends have bubbled together during the mm-hmm. COVID experience, so we we are being safe. It's a safe pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In both ways. I mean, it's a pod and a podcast, but uh, it's a safe pod whether you are um, distant or close or recording or not. This is safe. It's all, we're, all, we're all about safety We here, hope you feel safe. what I'm safe. trying to say. Forefront 360 is a safe space. It's it's so safe. I feel it's extremely safe. And this has got to be one of our top 50 intros we've ever done. Absolutely. Out of the 50 episodes we've done. Right. Easily. Yeah. So one of the reasons we, we've been wanting to invite Aaron on the podcast for a while here. He's a good friend of ours, uh, a loyal listener. We're really you know mm-hmm. thankful for his, his friendship and his uh, thoughts on some of the past episodes we've had. Uh, but we feel like this might be one of the perfect episodes to introduce Aaron to you all on because we are discussing video games. And while Cody and I have spent our time uh, on a game or two, Aaron is probably the chief gamer among us in our in our social circle. Would you say that's true, Aaron? Uh, well, I've definitely played a couple of games in my day. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. been doing it for a while. Aaron pretty much introduced me to tabletop games recently. So not just video games, you know, just the... Uh, a master of gaming across the board, in Ta- my experience. Tabletop games. Oh, oh, like board games? Yeah, or but... Is that, sorry, my, is that Much not? elevated. <laughs> okay. Board games, you know, like... Like, if board games are a cup of, like, McDonald's drip coffee, uh-huh. a tabletop game is, like, a nice, you know... Oh, dear. ...house roasted, uh, you know, Ethiopia. I've never heard this before. And I, I will say that uh, to call Aaron a simply gamer is not totally fair, right? He, he is a very gifted... Uh, what do you do? You're a biomedical engineer? Is that the right term? <laughs> what do you do again? Biomedical engineering? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome, world, for what, what this guy does during the day. But at night, he likes to curl up with the remote control and uh-huh. a compelling story. That makes Absolutely. it sound like he watches a lot of TV, remote control. <laughs> I know. What do you guys we, we need to get into that. We call it. We never call it a remote. I feel like older folks that I've encountered growing up were like, no, like the controller that you used oh, to play controller, video games. Yeah, just yeah controller. controller. That's oh, what yeah. I say. Because in, in, in my family, the TV remote was the clicker. Oh my gosh! So, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. But uh, Aaron, you uh, you are a friend of the show. We didn't even know that you listened to the podcast until you sent us some like out, outraged messages about one of the Star Wars uh, podcasts that we recorded, and you're like. I should have been there. You guys totally mishandled this. You missed X, Y, and Z. And uh, that's, I think that's when I knew you actually listened. All of that is very true. And I do have those notes. So if you want to go into that instead, uh, we could correct the record. We'll go off the air for that. I don't want you to get violent. All right. You're a godly man, and I want, I want your reputation to remain as such. But, uh, yeah, so video games. Yeah, video games. So, you know, this is Forefront 360. So, you know, we, we talk about cool stuff that we're interested in, but we do have conversations at the intersection of excellent art and authentic faith. So the question that we're going to be answering today is, are video games art? I've heard a lot of different opinions on this, just, you know, over the years, seen some articles pop up here and there um and i want you guys to have this conversation with me and you listeners out there if you uh like aaron uh if you have some you know thoughtful uh insight to add and correct the record please uh connect with us after this but let's just start here i think when we're talking about our video games art the essential place to begin is what is art so i'm going to ask you the question off the top of your head we did not prepare this off the top of your head define art for me like if someone's like what is art cody why don't you go first 
What a what a difficult question, right? I feel like I had a college class in which a literature professor might asked us this, and I think it's probably because he didn't prepare like a lesson for that class. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? We need to we need to settle some philosophical dilemmas before we continue with this uh, with this unit we've been doing. And so he's like, what is art? And so we just kind of flopped around for 40 minutes, mm. kind of trying to come up with a definition. You have a nice circle discussion. Yeah, it was yeah. all, you know, very liberal arts, beautiful. It was actually a nice class, even though I'm pretty sure he didn't plan much for it. Sometimes that's the best stuff happens. But uh, what is art? Slippery question, difficult. Uh, the word expression comes to mind, right? So art is an expression. It's something created. Uh, often by humans, you know, I think that uh, you could argue that God is an artist. I think we certainly believe that here at Forefront, and God is not exactly human, merely. Uh, but it's a creation, and I think it's created for others to appreciate beauty. Let me let me put it that way. Cool. That's all I got. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, I certainly didn't sit in any, any classes talking about art in college. It's been a little bit well, since I'm I've sorry. thought about these big questions. <laughs> he had less of yeah. a liberal arts education. Yeah. yeah. A little more specialized. <laughs> that's fine. When I think about art, uh, like Cody was saying, expression really comes to mind. Uh, the idea of, well, really expressing ideas, expressing emotions. Uh, it's, it's communication. I like that communication that's good I didn't have that I don't claim to know the answers I did get a minor in philosophy and take multiple classes on aesthetics but I um, I uh, do not know the answer to this definitively but I uh, I think that um, I think both of you guys said it really well I think one of the only things that I might add is I think one of the perhaps one of the differences between expression and art is how aesthetic something is, meaning like whether it, you know, follows ideas of beauty or purposely breaks those ideas. But I, I think I think art. I guess what I mean is I think art needs to be purposeful. Well, it's it's one of the hardest words to define because it's like uh, it's so broad. You know, right. any, anything can be art. Like we've, you guys maybe saw this picture floating around the internet a few years ago, but uh, somebody dropped like a pair of eyeglasses on the floor of like a modern art museum okay. and a crowd of people gathered around it to like ascertain what this what could possibly it mean yeah. it's like you know harold just dropped his bifocals that's all that right. that was so I but i guess the question is and i'm not you know just putting it out there for you listeners like is someone dropping their glasses on the floor of the met art uh, well, wow. you know, like some people would definitely contend that, but some people wouldn't. You know what I mean? I so I think it's interesting. It's so big; it, it yeah. defies, it refuses to be put into a box, which is why it's harder to find. Right? Yeah. You know, just yay or nay. We'll get deeper into it later. But given these definitions that we just gave, like art is, uh, it's uh, something creative. It's something expressive. It's I, I added purposeful. You may disagree with that. Communicative. Do video games do those things? Absolutely. I'm gonna. I'm not going to get into this right now because I think we're going to talk positively about video games in a moment. But I'm going to say this. Video games are not art. Wow. I will expand on it when it... I'm actually really glad that you said it because this conversation would be a lot more boring if we were all like, hey, yeah, man, video games are art. I'm ready to argue. Okay, good, good. Fun. All right. So before we get into it, Mm -hmm. we talked about art. We get our sense for that. What is, uh, we've all played a video game or Mm two. Um, Just give us real quick your kind of history with video games, like how, what kind of games you like, how long you've been playing. I'll go first. So I started with video games at a pretty young age, I would say. I'm a millennial. I was born in 1992, but I think that uh, I got into video games a little later than people my age, maybe. My first gaming device was a uh, red, flame red, flip-top Game Boy Advance SP. Nice. Uh, Yeah, a great, great system. Uh, I had, like, at first, I only had, like, four games for it, and I just, that thing went with me everywhere. I brought it to school. I wore cargo pants so that I could put it in (laughs) that fat square pocket on the side. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, amazing. And uh, I used to like sleep with it and stuff. It was bad. But um, so that, I, and then in the GameCube kind of era, the GameCube was the first TV plug system that I had. I've the, always. The GameCube, I always admired the GameCube for being. It had such small discs. Yes. And it, it was so different. I was shocked by that. But it, it was every bit as much game as the bigger discs. Yeah. 
O sea, well, that's ah, arguable. I mean, the GameCube, okay. yeah. But but I will say that I, the I think the GameCube was Nintendo's first uh, foray into like, oh, let's make our system like weird and different yeah, let's be from different. the other two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I, speaking of that, I've always kind of tended toward Nintendo. I've had all the Nintendo systems except the Wii U. Is there a connection here with your kind of your, your hipster aesthetic? Uh, just it brought more broadly in life, you being attracted to. Hey Nintendo, underdog. Oh, things? you, you uh, Neanderthals with oh, your uh, with your Halo. regular remote controllers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My no, controller no. is a stick. No, uh, I mean maybe subliminally, but really it's because I've always just liked a couple. I was kind of introduced to gaming, I guess, through the like core series that Nintendo always puts forth every generation, and so I've kind of always just been drawn to. Like I've bought whole systems to, in order to play like one particular game that's like the next one in, in a particular series and I also got uh, I got religiously into the uh, the Age of Empires series on the computer on the oh, PC wow. when I was yeah. young you know with the first one and then Age of Empires 2 I bought a got my parents to buy a new computer so I could play Age of Mythology <laughs> to their uh, chagrin and then when Age of Empires 3 came out we needed a new graphics card and you know so I've, I've pushed the envelope a lot that's, um, that's some authentic gaming stuff. The most authentic gamers I know are like, I only play on a PC. Yeah. I, I mean, you guys I, encountered that? I'm certainly not a PC elitist by any stretch. I mean, I, I play uh, my Nintendo Switch more than anything. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I'm all about the low effort gaming. Plug, say, say more about that. What you... Plug the console in, uh-huh. put in the disc, download the file. That's it. Blow in the cartridge. Yeah. You don't have whack, to look up. Whack it a couple times. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's I respect it. that. I'm, I'm going to go next here, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, because I'm just excited to tell you my, my story. And I, you know, this sounds kind of cliche when I say this, but when I think about video games, I think about my, my family because I grew up with three brothers. And uh, the first time I remember playing a video game was, it was probably a Nintendo, but the first one I really remember playing was a Super Nintendo we had Super Mario World, which was... Oh, such a fun game. Yeah, and I was really good at the first level. And it got <laughs> kind of difficult after that for, you know, five-year-old Cody. Four or five years old. These Some of my earliest memories are, you know, 1990, whatever, playing the Super Nintendo, blown in the cartridge. Like, I love that. Uh, it's just nostalgic old times. But uh, I remember that. I remember playing Mortal Kombat. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you guys ever played this. On Super Nintendo? Yeah, it started okay, off as yeah, an arcade yeah. game. I think at first it was like a big old refrigerator-sized arcade game. But very quickly was a popular like, game on Nintendo and Super Nintendo. And I was so bad at it that my brother would say, okay, who do you want to be? So I would select a character. And then he's like, okay. And then he would... I would play the computer because he was bored playing me because I sucked so badly. <laughs> so he would choose the same character I selected, and th- we would just be wearing different colored shorts, you know, that, but it was essentially <laughs> the same character. Right. And he told me I was the computer. He's like, you're the guy in the red shorts, okay? Even though I was the guy in the blue shorts. But the red shorts guy was like, would dominate me. And I was just pressing buttons blindly. And so I thought I was so good at Mortal Kombat. I remember <laughs> like a year or two went by when I realized like, hey... He's not doing what I'm pressing on the controller. And I put the pieces together, and I felt so betrayed because I had yeah. built up this identity of like, hey, you know, I'm a five-year-old kid. I like, I like long walks in the park. I like Pop-Tarts, and Fatalities. I'm really good. A fatal- I'm really good at <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know ripping people's spine out on this graphic <laughs> yeah. video game. And then, and then all of a sudden, like I built my life on that, and it let me down <laughs> like like so many idols do. It yeah, let me down. Yeah, I realized, right. well, I'm actually not as great as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And then I had to actually get good at video game. And that's just kind of a part of my sanctification process. That yeah, uh, yeah. you know, in in the world of video game, uh, quickly. I I also think about uh, the best Christmases I ever had. Dad bought us a PlayStation Two, yes, and it was really like the prime of PlayStation Two. It wasn't like when the PS Four was coming out. We really were fortunate enough to get the PlayStation Two like pretty pretty shortly after it right came out. Right at the right time. There were a couple games. The one I was most fond of was Spyro: Year of the Dragon, and uh, yes. you just discuss- did you play this one? Oh yeah, yeah. So I used to go over to my neighbor's house and play that. That and Crash Bandicoot. Yes, yeah. Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. is kind of similar style and aesthetic. But uh, I just love it. You just run around, find a bunch of eggs. But the worlds felt so big. And at this point, I was nine, ten years old. I could really like learn how to play a video game. And then uh, finally, my maturation process in, in the <laughs> video game world peaked when I uh, started playing Madden. 
and uh, you know, call you me. Really ascended to another plane. Yeah, call me a jock, call me whatever you will. But uh, my dad and I started playing Madden, and he was better than me for a little bit. Uh, but very quickly, while he was working, I got home from school and put a, <laughs> logged a couple hours before he got home. Uh-huh. And two months later, I, I, he just it, I was dominating. He couldn't he couldn't score a touchdown on me. So uh, yeah, that's kind of my evolution. But I think about family. That's great. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? In a similar way, video gaming for me started out very communal. Uh, also started with a GameCube. Okay. That was, uh, mm. was uh, the first home console. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Had a handle. Don't know why it had a handle. So you could carry it around, the cube. Yeah. I mean, oh, we it brought had, it. The console had a the handle? The console yeah, had a handle. Like a gray flap Wait, or something? was yours uh, what color? Purple. Mm. Purple. I had the it silver one. A silver yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, Richard. Mm-hmm. Purple was the GameCube color, though. Yeah. Yeah, purple. That's what, I didn't even know yeah. there were other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So on the GameCube, starting out with uh, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron series. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was my first game on GameCube yes. too. Yes. Nice. Uh, just the experience of blowing up the Death Star over and over again with your brother is just mm-hmm. like a really strong bonding experience. It ain't much, but it's honest work. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you get good. it. That evolved into getting an Xbox 360 eventually. Mm. Madden. NBA 2K. You remember which Madden you had? Um, you I remember most? when I peaked. Who? Madden 08. 08, Vince Young. <laughs> most undeserving. No, no, no offense, Vince Young, but somehow you, you snuck onto a Madden cover, but okay. Yeah. yeah. I had one play with the Steelers, pitch right. Willie Parker. Willie Parker. I know, you've told me about this. It's all you needed. You need one play. I despise Willie Parker. He, he embarrassed my Buffalo Bills in real life, but <laughs> good times. This is, see, I've been wanting to talk about football on this podcast for so long, but this is the most roundabout way that we've ever been able to do it, and it's been, it's justified. Tune in next week, folks, is football art. <laughs> it's football art. No. <laughs> uh, that's a great preview there. Um, but the last real communal experience game before things started changing was Star Wars Battlefront Two. Way back in the day, the, the, the Xbox 05 game. one? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. so good. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Most yeah. nicely. You can play uh, as Mace Windu in that one. You can't in the new one. Absolutely. Ridiculous. Mace Windu's got that. Now, nah, we're going we're gonna to dive the, deep the on the that ground game. Pound. The ground pound. The ground pound. The Mace yeah. Windu. The yeah. lightsaber. Sports games, Battlefront, things were less uh, harmonized between my brother and I and, and, and friends who were playing, because now it's a competition. What sure. are we talking? Are we talking whipping controllers at each other in Fury, or did it never... We, we managed not to break... Too much. Uh, the okay. things that suffered the most was the furniture. <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. There's a story there, but we won't. It's clearly painful. You're you're swelling up with tears. We won't go there. But there is a, there was a moment when my little brother, we were on we were playing James Bond. I wasn't there, but I heard the story. My my older brother, my Goldeneye? little N64? yes yes sixty four Goldeneye and. Obviously, my older brother was much better than my little brother. And so, but my, little, my older brother had to go to the bathroom. So he pauses the game, mm. goes to the bathroom. And t- Tommy, my little brother, unpauses the game and finds him and just starts killing him over and over again while <laughs> yep, he's in the bathroom. Yep. And my brother was so mad, he kicked a controller. And it flew across the room and knocked out my little brother's front tooth. And he just had a chipped tooth wow. for a while. And, you know, it, it wasn't always pretty. That's incredible. I would say it brought us together more than it broke us apart. <laughs> yeah, literally. wow. Anyway, I mean, yeah. my, uh, you know, real quick anecdote of, uh, you know, you were talking about how video games were a sanctifying force for you and, and a communal force for you, Aaron. And Fatalities but, really glor- yeah, glorify the Lord. I think. Right. Yeah. You know, total depravity. Right. All men deserve death. I really got it. Yeah. But I, I think that... Um, for me, uh, video games were also a, a driving force for a while. I had this friend, uh, if you're listening, you know who you are. I had this friend in high school <laughs> that was so good at Super Smash Brothers Melee and subsequently Brawl that he would uh, he would go to New York City twice a year to compete at the no way. yeah at the Nintendo store, and he was so good. And I just decided at one one point, I was like, you know what? I am going to play Super Smash Brothers with this friend. It doesn't matter how many matches we have to play. I'm just going to beat him authentically once. One time. Like that is a, and we played who God knows how many games. And I lost every single one for probably like a year and a half oh or, or not or, or more. You know, and he was one of those friends, super nice guy, like one of the nicest guys in our <laughs> high school, but he would never let you win. Like he would just destroy you gotta, me you every time. You respect that about him. Yeah. And I'd be, and uh, like people would be like, oh my gosh, just let him win one. And he'd be like, no, that's not fair. He has to win fair and square. And I'd be like, okay. And then finally 
I got a particular, like he was still better than me, but I got a particular strategy like that would work if I hit the right keys in the right situation <laughs> with the right character that I could win. And only in that specific scenario on a specific stage you know, with the right amount of stocks and no items, like I could, I could pull it off. But uh, I did that beat is, him once. So the movie rights are pending for that because I would I would pay oh, money yeah. to see that mm-hmm. that like I don't know who we'd cast as you and this guy, but he is local. Maybe we'll get him on the on the pod sometime. All right, buddy. Cool. So let's uh, let's let's kind of move on. We know, we know where we come from mm-hmm. in the game world. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive right in here. I think so. We talked about what art is. We talked about you know what video games have done for us, and you know what positions they've held in our lives i just want to go into it now like we're debating here if you had to make a claim our video games art cody revealed that he's going to say no so aaron would you be willing to go first i think you're going to say yes absolutely we'll see so let's see what you have yeah so video games are an art form just like many other art forms tv shows movies Mm -hmm. many people consider them art Uh, there is a line where with video games, unlike something like a movie, something like a TV show, where video games is such a broad category mm-hmm. that so many things fit in it, that to just say broadly that all video games are art, I think would be a mistake. That's but fair. there's so much rich storytelling, beautiful animation, things that we recognize as art in other forms okay. that cannot be discounted in video games. All right. I like that you brought that up. I think that. When I was thinking about it, one of the first things that popped in my head is the art within a video game, which I guess is a different discussion. But like the, like we can't deny that video games require a tremendous amount of art. I mean, everything that you see in a video game is it was like created. Whether that is like in the older games when they're you know just pixels that create a world <laughs> for us, or you know now we have the intense three dimensional poly models and open world games or whatever. But someone that has a degree in some sort of art field created all those things for us. So, I mean, that's a pretty strong uh, point right out the gate, I think. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, like, the other aspects that go into creating a full game, like the music. I mean, how many times have you played a game where the music has been really... Yeah. Or, or at least earwormy. Like, mm-hmm. I was... The other day at work, I was humming a song without knowing it, I guess. And when some kid was like, isn't that from Castlevania? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's so funny. I also I hope that we get a Halo uh, kind of performance by one of you before this podcast. It's just like a a full like full throated. I don't know if I have a big enough bathroom for us to do that. Um, Are are you boys done with this nonsense, or do you have any more points? I mean, we'll come back at you, but go ahead. Okay. No, I'm I'm mostly kidding, and I'm afraid. I take this position, no video games are not art, and I'm afraid that uh, I know people that specifically were, were based in Rochester, and so I, I have friends that went to RIT and specifically know people that have majored in video game, you know, like art design and all of that. And when I say the video games are not art, I'm not saying uh, that it, they're easy to make and they're brainless and mindless and it takes no skill to make a video game. I would be lost if I tried to make one. But... While they are artistic, they have artistic elements, they are not art. The reason they are not art is because why would we even be having this episode? Why is this question even relevant? Are video games I was art? wondering if, you, if someone if, would say that. If you have to ask, probably not. Now, a video game is made primarily for, uh, I would put it in the category of leisure recreation activity. Okay, now... Entertainment. Entertainment, I mean, there's a reason why magazine categories, it's arts and entertainment, because they're not the same. Because they're they're in the same family, but of a different genus. I actually don't know if I use those scientific (laughs) terms. Uh, Aaron, we should have brought your wife. She could have explained that to us. Yeah. Much better qualified than me. Okay, so maybe they're they're in the same tree, but different branches. Uh, That's kind of my take. I think that people... If I asked you, hey, do you enjoy art? I don't. I think we would be caught off guard if someone was like, "Yes, Zelda is one of my favorite, you know, video games." That would be kind of a strange, unexpected response. It would, maybe it would make us think about it. But um, I, I would say there are lots of people that love video games that would never in a million years call themselves artsy or anything like that. So 
uh, again, it's it's not as much about our art is more about like, hey, I've I've created this thing now, enjoy the beauty of it. It's this is a little bit more like uh, I've made this product for you to play with, and it's about you and do what you want with it. I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it. I got two really quick points just in response. One, I think when you said like if someone said you know the fact that we're asking this question are video games art that leads me to you know an even bigger question that i'm not going to answer you know on this podcast but like who gets to decide like what art is and i think so much when we say the word art i think the limits that many of us have in our minds you know in our cultural consciousness are from what traditional academics have agreed is art Mm -hmm. so i mean it, it hasn't been that long in the history where you know, popular, like non-orchestral music was considered art or movies were considered art. So I I guess one of the questions that pops into my mind is like, is like a movie, a film that's made for entertainment, is that not art? You know? Mm. And and I think that's an interesting question too. Well, well, then you, for example, you've got something like uh, There Will Be Blood which is a fine film, incredible film, Daniel Day-Lewis, like this really artsy cinema film. And then you have a movie like... Uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack, sure. That's like that's entertainment. Like You're not going to call that art. We get into the whole thing about con- comedy being art, but I wouldn't even call Caddyshack like fine, thoughtful comedy. It's really just a, you know, right. a comedy of its time, and it's, it, it is what it is. But even in the movie world, there are movies and then there are films, which I think... Mm-hmm. kind of speaks to that sure yeah and i think this this hovers around the other conversation that we've like danced around at forefront a lot like are things like is cooking art right you know stuff like that i think that we're really answering a similar question i see i see you thinking like, well, you well aaron you, you don't yeah. necessarily consider yourself like really artsy right Absolutely we've talked not. about this before, but you like video games so well, i don't know what, what are you thinking about mm-hmm. so the first thing that comes to mind with your We'll call them arguments. <laughs> are yeah. the the prevalence of movies uh, in the forefront three hundred and sixty podcast canon? Oh, we have you a canon. Are, well, yeah, you got a whole list, wow. you got a whole feed. That's true. Yeah, we do have a very you know for a <laughs> for an arts organization, we do lean heavily into the movie realm. Yeah. You know, so I will uh, confess that sin. To yeah, you guys. we do like movies. Yeah. So I think it's fair to say that. Forefront 360 acknowledges many movies as art. And certainly there's the discussion of uh, that you bring up of films, and, and maybe that's the intention behind it, maybe it's the quality behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is something that distinguishes you know, movies as art, and the idea that there's a person other than the filmmaker or a video game designer that is driving the narrative you can you're still being brought on this journey that was designed in a similar way to a movie such as in the wonderful well in fact even more than in a movie because of the interactive absolutely uh in the wonderful rogue squadron series where you're playing as luke and wedge and you're destroying the death star and you're walking through a whole trilogy of beautiful films that are art Mm. except for now you're a part of it yeah. Wow. Interact. Can art be interactive? Of course it can. So I can't use that. I mean, argument. that's the entire uh, postmodern uh, movement in yeah. in visual art is about your interaction with the piece. Well, in in to speak to your point quickly, Aaron, uh, we've done mo- we've done films and movies on the show. For example, uh, we've done films like The Last Jedi, and we've done movies like Rise of Skywalker. So <laughs> well said. I, I hope you feel welcome th- the first time on the show. I think Aaron brings up a really good point, though, which is. In the same way, so let me just point out, I do think it's silly that we use the term, like, in American culture, the fact that we use the term film and movie. Like, so when someone says, like, I saw a film, we know that they're like, I saw this work of art, pretentious film. And if you're like, I went to the movies, is like for, you know, for entertainment. But if you look up the word film and the word movie in the dictionary, it's not like a film is a work of art movie and a movie is a pedestrian film so it's funny that we use those words but um in the same way i think Aaron brings up a good point that there's a big difference between you know super mario world and you know a video game that has a very deep 
storyline mm-hmm. where where there's dialogue and characterization character exactly yeah. and i think that uh, in the same way that we could talk about i mean written work or movies or, or many other forms of art um there's a huge gradient you know and like if we want to talk about mm-hmm. like there are particular video games i can think of that are written they're almost as complex in their story yeah. as like novels that we've talked about on this show you know what i mean yeah that's fair i i do think of uh like one one video game that is emphatically not art is a game that aaron and i play together sometimes after a good meal called bro force (laughs) and uh aaron would you make this is could you give us just a synopsis of this or at least like rattle off a couple of the the foes that we find along the way as we (laughs) as we work through this two-dimensional world of yeah. explosions and muscles. It's like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a main character. Yeah. G- give us a quick rundown of what Broforce is. Imagine if you're in a classic 80s or, or 90s action movie. Mm-hmm. You take every character from all of the ones that are still remembered at this yeah. point. Robo- like, like Rambo. Robocop, yeah. Rambo, okay. Highlander, Terminator, uh, Dirty Harry. Anything Chuck Norris oh, wow. played. Chuck Norris. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Everybody. Cool. Mm-hmm. And... You're in a 2D world where initially you believe you're just fighting terrorists. They give you very little reason. A very broy American terrorists. plot. It's yeah, so yeah. broy. Yeah. It is incredibly broy. It's a farce on purpose. It's, Absolutely. Yeah. It, I'm is, sure, uh, yeah. it is a satire mm-hmm. of that time in history. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you start off fighting terrorists and Wait, then end I'm up fighting. I'm starting to think it's artistic now. It's a satire. It's, yeah. it's very intentionally. Like, wait, 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 wait. What do you end up fighting? <laughs> you end up fighting, I believe, the devil himself at the end. <laughs> well, so, thanks for spoiling it. We didn't so get it to touches, part. you know, the- theology. It's, it's as theologically well. rich. It's wow, a theologically wow. rich text, is what we're getting at. Bro force. <laughs> no, but that game is like you know it is you know we know what it is we enjoy it for what it is but mm-hmm. it's just not like fine art sure sure it's, it's a joke you know it is fine but then though. you have something it is fine <laughs> it, it, you have something like castlevania like you say with the music and the aesthetic mm-hmm. and like the just the colors and imagery i just have impressions of watching my little brother play that game and being mm-hmm. like in awe by it yep so i was terrified of vampires as a kid because of watching my friend play castlevania i yeah. don't i don't even remember which game it was but yeah, it, it really stuck. Well, with me. even the title, right? Castlevania, mm-hmm. Bro Force. You yeah. know, it's just like there you go. So, Amazing. Some movies take themselves. So, some some games take themselves seriously. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that if we're discussing, so I think we're kind of coming to some sort of consensus. Yeah, where, that, where, that they're not art. <laughs> I think we're coming to consensus that, uh, like many other mediums, there are video games that are art, and maybe video games that are not. Go. Would you would you agree with that? Which is no answer at all, which is what you can expect from <laughs> us. But. Hey, we're trying, here to get you thinking. That's but um, I think let's go back to when we were talking about what art is. Um, we said that art is communicative and expressive. Do you think... So let's talk about video games that do have plot and story and character. Is there anything about video games except our kind of predispositions about them? that would make a very story and, dr- and character-driven game less worthy of that title than, you know, mm. the Harry Potter series or something. I, w- I would just say, like, if we're, if we're, like, treating video games fairly and we're trying to measure with the same stick, I just don't... I haven't played... At least I haven't played the right games then because if I'm comparing, like, a great film with complex characters and drama and uh, storytelling and the plot is ironic and all these all these elements of great story and art and composition visually stunning all of that stuff put together in something like a movie or film i just am not finding it to the same degree in a video game like even even video games with compelling stories it's it's a compelling story because it's uh because i'm playing it i'm in the middle of it i'm i'm engaged with it so the story works but uh for example the uh, the lyrics of a song don't have to be quite as literary, like rich, sure. as the uh, lines of a poem. It always disappoints me when I'm listening to a song and I'm like, "Man, these lyrics are great." And, and then, then I read look, them. And then I look up the lyrics and yeah. read them, and I'm like, "Oh." Yeah. It's like, no, they're great because they've got they're in the context of like these other these other things that are happening. These other instruments are boosting this. But a video game is like that too. I think a story is really great because you're 
you're playing it. Like, you're the instrument in that situation. So I, I don't know. Okay, Cody, you're approaching a fatality. Like, you're, you're getting I'm, a lot of combos. I'm going in, in for right the kill, now. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it, that certainly is a common problem in video games. There are some games that will rely too heavily on distracting the player with addictive elements of the game mm-hmm. that they enjoy doing over and over again, and that sort of pulls them away from the overarching story and gives an excuse mm-hmm. not to give deep character development. Sure. But that's certainly not the rule. Um, mm-hmm. some, a movie that should be fresh in our minds would be Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, we happen to just watch it. Yeah, we watched the first one. A series that takes a lot of inspiration from that is the Uncharted series. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with that at all? No. I've never played it, but I'm familiar with it. Okay. So, Uncharted, you're playing as Nathan Drake, who is an Indiana Jones type. Mm. Uh, and you basically live out this adventure as if you were Indiana Jones. Sure. Uh, except it takes a lot longer, and you meet more characters, mm-hmm. and you get more, you get more time with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character development really rivals that wow. of that iconic series. Tit for tat here. Going Certainly. back and forth, man, you. Yeah. There are, um, there are certainly, they are few and far between in my experience, but there are certainly video games where I have experienced plots that are as rich as, you know, maybe not any novel, but many novels. Okay. And definitely there have been video games where I have felt like I knew some of the side characters, like they were real people in my, in my life. You know, because you spend whatever, 80 plus hours with them, you know, however over the time that you're playing through the game. So, but I do, I am recognizing the, uh, the point that's being made that maybe, maybe there are these games out there, but when you look at the vast, uh, you know, amount of games that exist, maybe it's a much smaller slice than I, than Mm -hmm. I think. And again, I, I'm not the most well-versed uh, sure. video gamer, so there are probably lots of ga- Maybe there's a game that a listener knows of that would totally disprove my point. But to me, uh, I'll rest my case on this. I think the art that is absolutely present in video games is secondary, like a secondary bonus. And the primary reason we play video games is not to enjoy the art of them. Sure. It is to enjoy the leisure, the thrill of playing the game. Which involves art, but... A, a good point, because, sec- I mean, definitely, definitely, I'm always going to be in the camp of people that there are games that are not nearly as beautiful as other games that are great to play. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'd be lying if I said that I play games for the art. Mm-hmm. Uh, the visual art, at least. Right. I mean, maybe I play games for the narrative art, but, yeah. It's not like, oh, I gotta hear that song. Let me go play, you know, Halo. Well, I don't know. There have been times where well, I, well, I don't I, play the game for it, but I have spent a lot of time on YouTube listening to music from video games. That is so weird to me. I love that about you. I just don't know anyone that does that. Have you done that? Absolutely. You just like go when, to listen to that? When I do uh, wow. grading, I often listen to video game soundtracks because they're designed to be in the background but keep oh. you focused on something i gotta try that maybe yeah, i'm just so a fool i often listen to my my top uh soundtracks for, oh. for... <laughs> yeah not so much <laughs> but uh i mean my favorite uh soundtracks for that i love i listen to the metroid prime soundtrack mm-hmm. when i grade all the time because it's very like <laughs> intense you're like no no it's not it's very what's the word uh Atmospheric okay. and like uh, it like creates nice. an environment. You know what I mean? I like but that. Yeah. yeah, I like that, man. Yeah. I'm gonna check that out. These soundtracks are intended to give you a feeling without requiring your attention. Oh, dang! I just you ever played Donkey Kong Country? <laughs> that music is when so I, good. That's Perfect what I segue. I queue up Donkey Kong. I queue up the Donkey Kong soundtrack before I do my devotionals every morning. Good. Before I come before the Lord to get my heart right. I just get the, the Donkey Kong tunes bumping. Good, good. It's just a habit of mine. It's just a really good habit. But yeah, My wife would not let me live it down if I didn't bring up possibly her favorite game right now, Hollow Knight. Hollow Which Knight. we've talked about on this podcast before. No way. Yep. About, I want to say a year and a half ago, we did an arts review. Mm. But proceed. So it's been said, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so Hollow Knight 
another two-dimensional game. Mm, uh, side-scroller. Side-scroller. Uh, but the, the music gives an incredible feel, a creepy vibe. Mm. Uh, it really puts you in this different world, as well as a really unique style of art. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the character design, the environments, uh, all work together to really place you in a different reality. One that is creepy and abandoned uh, and very scary, yeah. uh, but also in a format that was traditionally designed for children in the, the 2D format. Mm. It's a really interesting combination of style and gameplay. When it first came out, it was kind of leading the charge in the video game, the indie video game design world, for a return to more simple game design like these platformer side scroller games with beautiful aesthetics you know because when you're spending less time developing a tremendously complex 3d world you can put a lot more time into getting a team of designers to make this really aesthetically tight experience which Mm. is really cool when the uh when the player is used to a lot of their games being incredibly loud incredibly big and explosive uh, things like Call of Duties and, and mm-hmm. Fortnites and the really vibrant games with a lot of mechanics and there's a lot of things happening at once. The idea of going back to simpler mechanics allow you to focus on all of the other things that we've talked about in this podcast mm-hmm. that make video games an art form. Right. It emphasizes music and scenery and character work in yeah. a way that isn't always felt if you're playing the equivalent of a Michael Bay film yeah. for 40 hours <laughs> yeah. a week. And, and I, uh, I'm not purposely using this word. I know this word has theological connotations. I'm not using it in that way. But I find that a lot of these video games use iconography really well as, as well. And what I mean by that is as you work through a game world and a game experience, there are particular symbols that you get used to seeing. Mm-hmm. And then as you move through the world, those symbols subliminally or actively communicate to you. So I, I think of in certain games, like there will be a particular enemy or doorway or something that is designed a certain way, like their armor is purple and has two spikes or whatever it is. And then later in the game, there will be areas that follow those icons or those symbols and you like can... F- weave through based on imagery which is obviously purposeful and you know takes a lot of design mm-hmm. i think it's pretty cool and there's been a ton of research i'm just getting out of grad school for you know high school english and there's been a ton of research about how video games help uh, people learn really naturally it's like interest-driven learning um, you don't think about that when you're playing a video game but you actually learn a ton of information uh, in order to get good at it but it's all you know so soaked in pleasure unless it's a really hard game and you don't like it in which case you just stop playing because it's not required homework uh that you don't even realize how much you're learning but that's a little off topic but maybe. i'm also i'm that guy where i uh made it through i specifically remember like in i think i was in middle school or something but i knew all this stuff about like history and mythology from playing like the age of empires games and i specifically remember like being that kid like i'm sorry everyone at willink middle school but the uh i would like the teacher would be like okay now we're gonna talk about egyptian gods and i'd be like oh and i like raise my hand and know them all but the point is i played that game for fun and i learned a heck of a lot about you know mythological lore because of that which just proves how good of a teaching tool video games can be yeah. Um, whether that's art is a separate point. but the- Theologically orthodox, not necessarily, but valuable information for middle school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, imagine if they made video games that taught the Bible. Ooh. Ooh. We, could, is, we, could, delve, get, we get, could delve into the, the unfortunate world of evangelical video games at, an, at another does, time. Does that exist? Yes. There's a video <laughs> game that my parents bought me. It was a video game... Okay, so you ever played the game Sid Meier's Civilization? Anybody? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, absolutely. so picture that, but the game is called Left Behind, and it's created <laughs> by the creators of the Left Behind films oh, no. with, um, with uh, 
what's his name? Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron, right, right. And it was a like civilization style video game. <laughs> it was probably like 2004, I want to guess, something like that. But anyway, you would play as like the remnant or like the Christians or whatever they call it in Left Behind in the series. <laughs> and the you know as you would pro- progress through the game, the uh, the Antichrist would gain power, and you'd have to fight his armies and whatever. And oh, and the way you won the game was by uh, conversion. So you would go, you would you would run around like New York City or Chicago wherever you are and like like a little command for your people would be like evangelize or like spread the gospel or whatever you'd have to like convert people. I yeah. I won't respond to that because I have so many thoughts that are raw. I don't even know what to think of Look that. Look it up. Just just type I, left behind video game and just feast your eyes, everyone. I am interested to know that that exists. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Forefront's original mission when we launched in 2015 was to uh you know, bring attention to how Christian art could be more excellent. And we have been, uh, we're, we're happy to say that we've noticed, we've had conversations on this podcast, on our blog, that um, Christian art seems to be doing a lot better. The, the pulse of Christian art is much healthier than it was even before we, five years before ago. Before we start, say. is correlation equal causation? I don't know. But is it a coincidence that Forefront comes along? And I, I don't, I'm not going to take credit. I think not. I'm not, <laughs> not going to take credit. But, okay. but uh, yeah. Um, so we started talking about um, some games that really uh, stand out to us as, as pieces of art. So let's uh, kind of, to kind of bring this conversation to a close... Um, if you're sitting out there right now and you're thinking, I don't know, I don't know if video games are art, I got to look into this more. Uh, we're going to give you some recommendations here. Uh, we're going to each tell you guys our top five video games. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, knowing the conversation we're having, I think our top five video games are games that we would maybe consider works of art. At least, at least Aaron and I, we'll see what Cody has Mm -hmm. to say. Mm -hmm. But, um, this was difficult to distill. I'll go from five to one. So uh, my number five is Super Mario Galaxy, which is for the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize that Super Mario Odyssey is, uh, a lot of people say, is an objectively better Mario, which is fine. But I have a particular spot in my heart for Galaxy because I played it a lot. But the reason why I put it on the list is because not only are Mario games just super fun, uh, you know, throughout the ages they've been fun, but I've always been really impressed with the Mario team in how well they have been able to translate the Mario games as the technology advances. Mm-hmm. And while there have been like a few duds in the Mario series, they like it's kind of amazing when you look at the, you know, original NES Mario mm-hmm. and then you look at what Mario is in Super Mario Galaxy, both in what it looks like, what it sounds like, how you play, the interactivity of the Wii mote, you know, that sort of thing. And the game just, like, sings. It just is a really fun game. And the reason why I put it uh, on the list is because it's hours and hours of fun. I remember playing it just... I played it pretty much like I would get home from school and play until my parents made me stop. And then the next day, I would play again. And I played through the game, like, nonstop without breaking to play other games or whatever. I just enjoyed it so much. Mario games are also very challenging. So I really enjoyed that. Um, But the real reason why it's on the list is because the art of the game and the music for the game is exemplary. And I just think that uh, the, the worlds that are created, Mario flies around the galaxy to different planets. And oh, the art yeah, yeah, is yeah. just I have played this one. amazing. Okay, yeah. It's just beautiful. Uh-huh. Um, so there's that. Uh, number four, I put Age of Empires. I have to, uh, because I can't put a whole series, so I, it was hard for me to decide, but I, I landed on Age of Empires 3 as my favorite, which is technically the most recent one. It's been out for a long time, but uh, super fun, um, real-time strategy game. In, in the third one, you pick a, a country during the Imperial Age, uh, Age of Exploration, and you go and you get to build a society, and um, it very... I spent hours and hours playing that. The reason why it's on the list is not only is it really fun, but uh, the game has been praised for being extremely historically accurate, down to like the c- costumes of your troops, the names of the troops, like the names of upgrades you can get are based on actual historical events or technological uh, things. And the other thing that's really cool about it is each faction or country that you play is very distinct from the others. So it has like a true. If you pick France versus Russia, they have like a truly distinct feel and i just thought the design that went into that was genius so age of empires 3 uh number three is super smash brothers 
if I had to pick one of them, I mean, all the Super Smash Brothers are great, um, but for the same reason I picked Galaxy, I got to go with Brawl. And the reason why I liked that one the best was because if you're a Super Smash Bros. player, you notice that each of the games has slightly different physics. And the you can be really good at like melee, for example, and then pick up ultimate, and you're like, it just feels so wrong because the physics is a little different. Um, Brawl was definitely my peak. The physics for Brawl <laughs> still works for me. So I'll play ultimate for like a long time, and then I'll go back and play Brawl, and I'm like suddenly good again. So mm-hmm. I like that. Great characters in Brawl, good music. The first time they opened in the Smash Bros. series, they opened uh, into having kind of a story mode of sorts. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, number two, a game I already mentioned once is Metroid Prime. So that was the when they took the Metroid series, which is as old as the original NES. That was the first iteration for GameCube. Um, Retro Studios took it over, and they translated a 2D game into a really immersive 3D world, um, which was cutting edge graphically when it first came out for the GameCube. Um, but the reason why I pick it is that was the first time that I was really immersed in the world of a video game. Um, you are a space explorer, bounty hunter character, Samus. You walk around, but there's a scanning tool, and there's no dialogue in the entire game. But it has a pretty deep story full of like lore and history because you walk around this abandoned planet... And you use the scan tool to scan items all over the planet. You can scan almost anything. And it'll give you the history of the item. And it's fascinating because the creators of the game, kind of in like a J.R.R. Tolkien kind of way, created page after page of like lore and information Mm -hmm. about like plants and animals and caves and rock formations or whatever all over this planet. I can't imagine how many hours they spent writing this information. And it just made it feel very real. Like it was a real world you're part of. So Metroid Prime... My number one could be because I'm playing it right now, but um, I've been a huge fan of the Fire Emblem series since the first one that was released in the U.S., which is Fire Emblem 7. But i got to put Fire Emblem Three Houses, the most recent one for the Switch, as the top because I feel like with each game, they improve on the prior in some ways, so that's why it's up there. But the reason why Fire Emblem is my top game is because of what we were talking about before, which is... um, really intense and thoughtful story and character design uh you the way you play through the game you talk to other characters you have to get to know other characters that exist in this school you talk to them um there are multiple conversations you can have with everyone and the game changes based on how you have conversations with these people and who you talk to more what you say to them Different things like upgrades and whatnot that you give to certain people will allow them to interact with you in different ways. In Fire Emblem games, you can have like full-on romances with people. Like that's how deep the uh, wow character writing is. Um, and the Fire Emblem games are always uh, capped off with a, like a. There's always they sort of get predictable after you played so many, but there's always like a really surprising and like heartbreaking twist in the story at some point. Mm. And I just think the writing is really good for those games. So, number one, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Respect. I can tell as you speak how much you love these games, Richard. Thank you. Ah, well done. Aaron, you want to go next, buddy? Sure. Um, so I had to create some limits for myself to even start approaching this list. Uh, so you're, picked... very, you're very procedural. It's good. It's, it's very important. He's an engineer. Have in, in my field. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, so I picked... One game per home console that I've Very owned. nice. And then one game is a representative for all of the handhelds that I've had. Nice. Because there are, there are too many uh, for this small list. I'm actually going to start off with an honorable mention because I didn't own the console that this was on. Uh, that is Star Wars Battlefront 2. Okay. Ugh. Now, this is a runner-up? This is a runner-up. Wait, really? Because again, the 05 one? Of course. Okay, all right. All right. Of course. Runner up because I did not own the original Xbox. Okay. So to follow these rules, it had to go there. As far as sheer number of hours put into a game, unparalleled. Absolutely. A beautiful, beautiful experience. Uh, a wonderful cooperative experience. You to once, play you once, legend has it, you once ruined a couch 
playing this video game. That you tore your ACL or something. Yeah, this is accurate. And your basketball career was ended. Yeah, tragically. S- tragically. Yeah. And you literally sat on couch and logged some hours into this well, game. Well, you know, when you're recovering from an ACL tear, well, I'm not, yeah, it's not a whole lot you can do. It's not an do. indictment on you, I'm just saying. So I set onto the uh, worthy journey, I would say, <laughs> of uh, doing everything that could possibly be done in Star Wars Battlefront Well, too. worthy is relative. I mean, it's not fun to play with you because you're, <laughs> like, way too good to enjoy playing with, but okay. That's a lot of fun for me. Okay. I'm happy for you. <laughs> uh, so that, just getting that out of the way, starting with the handheld... Advance Wars Dual Strike. Nice. For so, the DS. For the DS. Dual Strike. Dual Strike. Taking advantage of two screens. Mm. A wonderful game. Beautiful. Uh, in a similar vein to what Rich was describing Intelligent with Systems. Fire Emblem. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a turn-based, grid-based uh, strategy game. Now, Advanced Wars, that series doesn't have as rich storytelling as a Fire Emblem. Uh, they're not going for that same vibe they're mm-hmm. shorter games there's a lot less characters in them uh but this is one of the only games that can rival the amount of hours i have into star wars battlefront 2 and therefore it deserves it deserved a spot yeah, on definitely. this list uh gamecube star wars rogue squadron 2 okay now this came up a little bit earlier uh but there's just no feeling that matches blowing up the death star yeah, that's that is peak. That's fair enough. Feelings, I think. So it's good work. Yeah, it's just yeah, it'll boost your soul. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So easily deserves a spot on there. Um, Xbox 360. Mm. So we might run into some some conflict here. Uh, Batman: Arkham City, which is the best game in that series. Go on. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm yeah. waiting. Mm-hmm. Arkham City uh, is an, was really an entry point for me into a lot of different things. Uh, firstly, uh, the <laughs> martial <laughs> arts. Such a foreboding. I didn't, I didn't start my black pill until I played this video game. Arkham City really entered me into the, the single player game uh, that was a lot deeper, uh, that had a lot more uh, storytelling. It had, a, it had a goal. It wasn't just... Here's a level that you yeah. beat, and then here's another level that you beat. Right. Uh, the themes that were carried through that game were really impactful. And it also opened me to the, the world of comic books and superheroes, which is not what we're here to discuss, but has been a huge impact on my life. Uh, so I owe this game an awful lot. Great. Mm-hmm. Next, on the PS4, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Um, this game... Is this what number is this? Your number one? Um, is this your number, this number two? Th- did you rank these in order? These are not ranked yet. Oh. oh. Well, you're got listing got them by console chronologically. Cool, oh, cool, okay, cool. Okay. We'll run back through it. Oh, Love you're going to run back through it. Okay. We'll run back through it Hey, this end. is your radio program. We're just guests, so yeah. it. do Love what it. you want. Glad to have you here. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, a master class in world building. Wow. Um, nice. It drops you into a strange world, unlike... Things that we've seen before and really slowly unveils this really intricate and well thought out world mm-hmm. uh, that tells a story unlike anything I've seen in movies or television or in a novel. It's just so unique. Wow, I have to play this. And to have a, a unique story that is so long over a, such a intense and in-depth video game where I was consistently surprised and blown away by the creative minds behind it, uh, the visuals that are outstanding, and the music that is exemplary. And then for the Switch, Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Cody, That's what it's have called. Have you heard of Untitled Goose Game? I don't even have a Switch, bro. I don't even have this, so. Now, this is a very special, I guess, puzzle game. Yeah, yeah, I would call it that. Um, the general premise is there's a nice little town, and it is a beautiful day, and you are a terrible, terrible goose. Terrible goose. Terrible goose. Are you guys playing a prank on me? Is this a real thing? Yep. This is absolutely real. You guys text each other this morning, and we're like, let's make up a game and Untitled. describe it and see if Cody plays Goose along. Game. Hey, we won't even give it a real title. Untitled. Untitled. He'll really believe it if we don't even give it a real title. This game is special. If you have a Switch... 
You should absolutely <laughs> play it. You can download it. Yeah. You don't even need to buy it. You don't need to go to the store. As soon as the podcast is over, start downloading. Untitled Goose Game. What's the title of the game again? Untitled, Untitled Goose, Goose Game. Okay. okay. I think the title really says it all. It is a joyous experience. They recently added a co-op mode where now there are two terrible, terrible geese. Oh and you can cooperate you with can your cooperatively friend. ruin the day of many, this whole town. many people in what appears to be a peaceful town until you arrive. You're in for a real treat. Okay. okay. You're in for a real treat, Cody. Okay. All right. So just ranking these quickly now that we've had a, a pretty good discussion about uh-huh. them. Um, number five, Advance Wars Dual Strike. Number four, Untitled Goose Game. Oh, you mean, you mean Untitled Goose Game is not your favorite game of all time? <laughs> uh, not quite. I'm it might sorry. be yours. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Number three, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2. Number two, Batman Arkham City. And number one, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Respect. Very cool. Sounds like four really great games. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I probably would love it. It I'd probably love Untitled Goose Game. All right, boys. I'm going to hit you with mine. Uh, Again, we've got uh, number five. We've got Gears of War 2. Now, I don't know what it is about 2 that made this list, probably because it's the one I play the most. Have you guys played Gears of War? Oh, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so... This this actually has a somewhat compelling story, if if emotionally manipulative. You know that one of the emotional climaxes is like a character's beloved one dies, and it's it, it's a little bit it, it's a little bit obvious. But when you're playing, you're in the grit, and the the locusts from the Earth core have invaded the surface of the Earth. There's like you're all in. You're like I gotta kill these people. I gotta save humanity. And so that was a pretty captivating uh, narrative for me. It's also the first game I ever played where I was legitimately scared playing it. Nice. That's uh, always fun. Yeah, it's like especially the story mode. It just the way they use darkness and shadows, and you know the the enemy is really terrifying. Um, I just pl- I played this game so many times in high school with my little brother, and uh, I love love Halo too. Tom, if you're listening. I'll meet you down by the river, brother. <laughs> he knows what I mean. Okay, uh, number four, Batman Arkham Asylum. Okay. okay. Second best I, of the series. The reason I'm not arguing with you, Aaron, about this is because I only played City like for 20 minutes with you one time. And so this is the only game in this series of Batman games that I have played, but it is just fantastic. Like, you get to use gadgets. You get to learn that Batman is like this criminal uh, detective genius and uh it's a really fun game mark hamill does the joker's voice does he do it in arkham city oh yeah oh shoot i was i mark thought you hamill, would say no <laughs> as we've talked about before on the nolan podcast mark hamill is the joker thank you very much okay fair enough <laughs> heath ledger apparently no respect to heath ledger but <laughs> really great second place yep <laughs> okay disagree uh number three star wars battlefront 2 Again, uh, most Eisley, there was nothing more exhilarating than... I actually first played this on a PSP. Remember that? Mm. Yo, I the have that upstairs. We can play it after this. <laughs> you do? Okay, so uh, my friend was staying the night at my house, and he had this PSP with him, and I got to play as like Luke Skywalker, as Darth Vader, playing with these iconic characters that I'd seen. In the only other video game, Star Wars video games I'd played before that, you were always like a Stormtrooper. It was always a shooter game or something like that. But... All my favorite characters, the Force users, the, the saber-wielding uh, heroes that I'd watched on TV for so so long were finally in a video game, and that was a game-changer for me. Um, number two, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks. Now, this Mortal Kombat mm. is different than most other Mortal Kombat games because it's got a real story mode, a real world that you can explore. And, uh, again, I just think about my brother. We played this, and I was Liu Kang. He was Kung Lao. We learned all the moves. We we finally, after so many tries, beat the final boss, uh, Emperor Shao Kahn. It's a big deal. We watched this movie a thousand times in the 90s and beat each other up over and over again, all in good fun because we were so influenced by this uh, martial arts game. Mortal Kombat. Uh, number one is Madden 25. Now, there's a few reasons why this is my number one. Uh, Madden 25 is the 25th anniversary. Uh, they've been making these games for a long time, and they just put all the greatest NFL players of all time on this game. So usually it's just the guys that are playing that year mm-hmm. are on the game, but Madden 25 had 
guys that had never been in a video game before because they played in the 70s. You that's know? cool. Yeah, so it's that's an iconic game. Michael Vick, Unstoppable. Uh, it's the only game I've listed that I am better at than my little brother Tommy. Nice. So he is That's so huge. much better at Tommy, video games. Tommy, he's calling you out. He is so much better at video games than me. Everyone that I've listed, I haven't played Batman with him, but in five minutes he'd be better than me. Madden is the only one I could ever beat him at, so that's my number one. And yeah, I feel good about it. I've got a bunch I had to leave off, but that's my top five. Love it. So now you guys got, you know, 16 with the honorable mention games that you can, uh, you know, spend some time delving into now and, uh, you know, really expanding your, your palette on, on our video games art. Mortal Kombat, not for the faint of heart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've, we've had a Tarantino discussion. People are ready. We did, yeah. Just don't play Mortal Kombat with your little kids. Yeah. Or Gears of War. Okay. You I'm, can, a, you I'm can a bad start, influence. You can start with Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> there you go. For the Wii. There you go. Good stuff. Well, uh, guys, are there any... I know we just did the top five, but are there any closing statements you'd like to make or any particular games you'd like to last minute shout out as as beautiful pieces or do we feel pretty good well uh, skyrim is an important game fallout 4 uh specifically felucia on battlefront 2 that world is oh, yeah, yeah. very impressive. A special shout out you've got uh, the tony hawk pro skater uh, mm-hmm. uh skate bums out there i know you're out there uh killer instincts great fighter game uh gold nine double seven i mean the, the list Classic, goes on. Yeah. yeah, Pokemon. I learned how to read because uh, I had a Game Boy Color. Played Pokemon Red version. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So those those are some ones. I feel like I had to shout those out as well before we. Nice. Yeah. With the uh, important caveat that uh, not all video games are for children. Sure. And yes, yes. Being reminded of the fact that the Tarantino podcast was recent. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima is a fantastic game that I just finished playing. Uh, for the PlayStation 4, okay. that talks about and explores a Mongol invasion of Japan. Oh, dear. And if you know anything about the Mongols, they don't really pull any punches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So brace yourselves. If you're a Tarantino fan, you can handle that sort of Ooh, intensity. It's history. Yeah. I'm looking at the pictures right now. Maybe you can enjoy that. But important reminder, not all games are for children. Consume responsibly. All right, thanks for being with us here on Forefront 360. If you enjoy the show, leave us that five-star rating and, and review, just like we gave all those games. You know, just, just spread the love. and Yeah, spread give, the love. Give us a positive review. Uh, until next time, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art.